Hello, welcome back to our second episode in our podcast study discussion series, whatever you want thing. to call this. So, yeah, uh, the thing. Yeah, the <laughs> thing. You know, um, this weekend was the San Antonio Auto Show, and all three of us got to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I went Friday. You guys went Sunday. Yeah, but looked around. It was cool. It, it seemed a little smaller than usual. Yeah. I thought it seemed more bigger, actually, than last year. I thought it felt smaller. They might have spread it out a little bit, it, but the vendors seemed smaller, meaning, like, uh, not as many vendors. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Honda wasn't there. No. Honda the, wasn't there last year, though. I know, but they were there three years ago, two years ago. Oh. They so didn't that's have Volvo. This, but, they had Principal, which is, like, their... Yeah, they had Principal Auto Group. And then, uh, so like they didn't have BMW, but Principal brought yeah. like two or whatever. Also, the BMW feature where you can like move your hand and like turn up and down mm. the volume. I'm not gonna lie, I thought that was the weirdest thing. And then I did it, I'm like, oh, I feel so cool. <laughs> You're like, this is dumb. Who would ever? Okay, no, <laughs> yeah. I see this. Yeah, I see it. Um, so we're walking around and they had the Bugattis the the um what is that group what is that group that brought the it was vault it's like a vault yeah they yeah. call it vault it's like a security company they where you can keep your cars there they'll do detailing and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff if you don't want to keep them at your house so. yeah so they they brought out my bugattis uh, <laughs> <laughs> um no they had two uh bugattis there and when we got there uh it prompted the question of um, so each one of those are like $3 million at bare minimum. Yeah. And so we're looking at this and we're like, oh crap. So there's like $7 million just between these cars. What's the grand value of every car at the auto show? Like what's our grand total value? What do you guys, what do you guys think? What, what were your guesses to this? Mine was a hundred thousand because well, not hundred hundred million. million sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a hundred thousand be one car, uh, yeah. but um, a hundred million because uh, there's there's like just some of the cars they brought, just the custom cars. They're like eighty thousand dollar cars, ninety. Like yeah, people put another maybe sixty thousand into it, and it'd be like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar car, and total would be like almost a million dollars worth of cars. In a section. Yeah, and just in that section, some of the other cars are a lot more expensive. So I just think realistically it could be every all those cars could be a hundred million. Yeah. I said fifty, but I think I'm leaning more towards like sixty-five. Okay. Because like you got companies like Dodge, Ram, Chrysler and all that that make the big old trucks that you can buy for hundred thousand, hundred and twenty thousand, yeah, at like top of the line. But then it's worse. <laughs> oh, it stopped. There we go. Explain what's happening. The lights are flickering, and it's like a consistent flicker. Yeah, so the studio lights flicker every so often. Daniel's so failing at his job. I had to 
troubleshoot. If we have it at 50% brightness, it doesn't flicker. <laughs> so spot You just need like a tape that says flicker and then it's like above the light. Yeah, switch. but it's it's not always. <laughs> well, too bad we don't have a facilities team that knows how to work on that. Yeah, kind of too stuff. bad. Too bad we don't have one of those. Too bad the facilities team sat on the bench outside for about an hour and a half waiting on other people. Oh no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so go back to your car thing. So it was just hard to tell because you got the really, really nice cars, mm -hmm. but then you got the Dodge and Ram on all of that, that either make the Chrysler Jeep and all that, or you can get one of the nicer trucks. And so it's just like such a broad span, broad span of prices Yeah, where it's like, oh, it really, you can't really tell what the average of that booth is. Yeah, it is hard to, hard to say. Um because you have like the big trucks that are going to be $80,000 or whatever. Um, but then Toyota and Ford and well, Honda wasn't there, but um, Toyota and Ford also make $30,000 vehicles. So you could, they could have three or four of those before they hit the hundred thousand or they have one truck and yeah. they hit the hundred thousand. So it's tough to estimate how how much value is there. Um, what were we? What, the Ford Maverick. The Ford Maverick. So, Daniel, you thought it was spacious. You felt it was spacious in there. Surprisingly, just sitting in it, I'm I'm somewhat tall. I'm five eleven. Uh, I'm not like crazy mm -hmm. tall, but I felt like I could actually go on a road trip in it and be yeah. actually fine. But I sat in the back seats and. It wasn't that bad. It was like somebody sitting in the front. Uh, so I was like, mm -hmm. I could see me driving it. It's not something I would want to buy, but sure. it's like, that's actually pretty comfortable for a small mm -hmm. truck. Uh. Yeah. You sat in it. Yeah. I thought it was small. Yeah. But I think a lot of that mindset that Dana was talking about had to do with the outside looks incredibly small. Like mm -hmm. it is the same size as my Subaru Legacy. And that's also not a very big car. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, it's got a cab and it's got a bed. My legacy just all one. And so like Dana, I said in it and I was like, oh, I could see me driving it and buying it if I lived closer to stuff. But I'm like mm -hmm. 17 miles away from the church, 12 miles away from my school. That's a 20 minute drive any way i want to go and i couldn't see that being very comfortable sitting in that for 20 minutes interesting okay so the ford maverick is actually a truck i've considered mm -hmm. uh purchasing because it starts at twenty five thousand. so yeah. it's incredibly affordable that's its big selling point especially for a truck yes that's its big selling point it is a truck that is highly affordable because of uh, uh, coming in at the twenty five thousand uh price point um comfort levels people are decently happy with the comfort actually uh i sat in it so if i would get it i would get the maverick lift it and put new tires yeah uh just so i could be a little bit more off the ground mm -hmm. because i'm not gaining as much as i would like one of my goals is i i you're still I, like bending down to get in it correct in a civic i'm six inches off the ground yeah. i would like to be uh a foot foot and a half off the ground so 
the uh, the Maverick gets me there. I'm off the ground, but I would like to be just a little bit extra than what it stock what what it comes at stock. So lift kit, new tires, get, gives it a little bit more aggressive look. Um, still, I would get the hybrid uh, engine because then it gets the uh, it gets very similar gas mileage to my Civic, which is insane. Which is great because because the aerodynamics of a shoebox. Yes. So um, that's a great thing. Uh, that's kind of my goal is to have a truck uh, to carry things, be higher off the ground, and still maintain some levels of high gas mileage. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my ideals. I sat into this, uh, to the Maverick. I had mixed feelings about it. I like my, I, the, the ideal, the idea I just like described to you is very attractive to me. I'm like, okay, cool. Like mm -hmm. I get to build this little version of a, of a small truck thing, efficiency thing, whatever. I sat into the cab and I don't know. It's like, that was the limited. Yeah. And it didn't look nice. Like it didn't look as nice as like the F-150 limited. You can tell that they that it is a cheaper truck. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of what bothered me is one, the screen size. I'm a person that likes a pretty big screen. Mm. And that just like my is smaller than my hand. And I feel like that would be hard for me to get used to in many ways because i i'm an apple carplay type of guy mm -hmm. i like it mm -hmm. i like being able to see where i'm going on the maps sure and yeah. i don't like using the sound because i like to listen to my music and so i can look look down see where i'm going and not have to be interrupted by a voice yeah and i feel like i couldn't wouldn't be able to see anything on that truck mm. i don't know if it's apple carplay supported or not i believe it is yeah uh, at very least like the limited model for sure mm -hmm. um so yeah, I don't know. I had, I had mixed feelings about that. But um, they had the lightning that you could actually get into. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I don't like that screen. You don't like the screen in the lightning? No. Nah. Mostly because the knob in the middle. Oh yeah, that's right. It's, it's just like, why is it there? Yeah. I don't know. It feels like that's just a thing that Ford decided to do. Yeah. Like, they because they had it in the lightning and they have it in the uh explore uh oh they have it in the explore yeah i think they have it in the um mustang maki that yeah so yeah i'm not a fan of it, it the knob just looks out of place mm -hmm. i uh it so walked over to the toyota section they had the new tacomas mm -hmm. those look pretty cool yeah I was excited for the refresh because um, it needed it. It needed it. They've been the same since like 2000. Yeah. Um, so I was excited to have the refresh. Uh, we'll see once they announce like, you know, pricing and availability and, and whatnot. But um, as we're walking around, they didn't have the Prius. I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to see the Prius. Talking about trucks and going to Prius is really yeah. funny. Um, but, it, you know, they're marketing it now that it's like all sporty. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to see. I want to see what you're I've seen a few of them on the road. And they don't look bad at all. Yeah. So I wanted to see one of those, but they didn't have it. Um, they had a ton of Corollas. 
but too many. Yeah, all all different variants of Corollas. And then um, I was looking at, I think it was the Venza. They switched it from like half a minivan to being full, like small SUV. Yeah, I think it looks better this way. Like mm-hmm. they they had it in like stealth black, is yeah. what I call it. Like exterior was just like standard black paint, but they had everything blacked out. Mm-hmm. Exterior black paint, interior was black. The plastics, everything was black. I'm like, this is it's cool. This looks like a little stealth vehicle, yeah. like a starter stealth vehicle. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so that one looked cool. And then what else was it? Maybe Rav Four, um. Either way, I walked around and it also prompted the question of like, do I need a truck or do I am I good just to get a SUV? Because technically speaking, I'm not carrying what I'm looking to carry is like video equipment and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Not outdoors or construction gear. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it kind of prompted the question of like, maybe I need to start looking at suvs rather than trucks i sat in the new toyota suv someone that just redid sequoia the sequoia the yeah. big one that's a big one i sat in the back of it i hated it uh, really not enough headroom no i literally when i got my head just hit the roof Ooh. oh no that happens to me in my car sometimes i'm like <laughs> i can't imagine what like daniel and hunter would do they'd oh, be like yeah. it'd be like horrible for them uh, yeah um they have so toyota has the what do they call it? B B four B R four X B B Z four X. Something it's some electric car that they're real that they're releasing. It has a very weird name. Like it's literally just four unrelated letters and a number. It's a Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um uh that one looked okay. They have the Toyota Crown. That one was interesting. It's an interesting new vehicle. Yeah. New-ish vehicle. I know they've been doing it for a little while, but actually got to spend some time in it. Um, the Grand Wagoneer. We, we took a look at the Grand Wagoneer, and it has a ton of hype. Forest, uh, uh, Forest reviews on mm-hmm. TikTok. He does a great video on like showcasing how amazing this is. It has a ton of features. I mean, we sat into it, and uh, I think Jimmy sat in the back, and he goes, "Is this a screen in the center console?" There's a yeah. There's a small, like four inch tall, but like eight inch wide or ten inch wide, whatever, uh, screen, uh, for you to be able to control your entertainment stuff in the back. In the front, you have a screen for the passenger a screen for the entertainment system, a screen for the heating system, and a screen for your speedometer. Everything's a screen. <laughs> uh, and then, you, of, of course, you have like a ton of control for the uh, moonroof yeah. going half. Like, it's a gigantic moonroof. So um, it goes like half. Do you want it tinted? Do you want it not? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Like, all this kind of stuff that it does. Um, so I was really excited to like, Explore the Grand Wagoneer. It's like a hundred and twenty thousand or something. Yeah, it's stupid expensive. And gets sixteen miles per gallon. Are you serious? I'm serious. And I was like, "That's dumb." That's like Daniel's. Daniel's truck gets better. <laughs> Actually, I get like right up 
12 to 15. Oh. Okay, well, never mind. I'm trying to stand up for you. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm good on a good day, I can, yeah, I can get 16. Uh. Yeah, yeah, Um But he also has a giant front bumper on his. Correct. That definitely is not helping anything in that. Yeah. Like, stop my truck, you see, like, 21 miles per gallon. Yeah. But yours also now has, like, a lift, kit lift of different wheels, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Anything to decrease the fuel mileage, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's his goal. <laughs> Did already pass a gallon in like 30 years. Uh, I'm getting about half. I'm getting miles per gallon. I'm getting gallons per mile. mile. Per <laughs> Not about miles per gallon. It's about smiles per gallon. Amen. <laughs> but it's only half on that one too. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I got disappointed with the Grand Wagoneer because of like, you're paying all that, getting a ton of features, sure. Mm-hmm. But like the gas mileage does not make it yeah. Worthwhile, you know. I heard they're about to change it to V six instead of the V eight. So. That might help. I uh, mean, you can't really go down from sixteen. That is very, very low. For, yeah, I mean, it's a big vehicle though. I feel like a V eight. I feel like the V six is going to be underpowered for it. Uh. Mm. And the V sixes can can do it. it. It's just about like how much do you want to haul? If it's the average person is going to be fine with a v, yeah. uh, with a V six in that. Um, it's only like when you want to throw a trailer on it or um, whatever. Like, if you're going super out um, off roading or whatever into the into the mountains, I mean, um, I could see more of a justification for getting the V6. I would not be doing that. Well, the count. Well, Dodge is taking their yeah. Dodge is taking out their V8. So, oh like wow! Why? Completely. They complete all they're going to is electrics and their Hurricane engine, the V6. That so. is crazy. I think Ford even said they aren't making coupes anymore. Like yeah. the they are, coupes are sedans. Like they're mm-hmm. exclusively, they're diverting all their attention to making SUVs and trucks yeah. because those are the biggest sellers. And they're Mustangs. And then they're keeping Mustang, but then that notice that's when they shifted to turning the Mustang into the Mach-E. Mm-hmm. So it's an SUV, you know? I did sit in the Lincoln Navigator. Oh my goodness, Benny. You, you feel call like me, Matthew McConaughey. You can get, call me a mom. You can call that a mom vehicle. I do not care. That has to be the most comfortable seat I have ever <laughs> sat in in my life. That's I would funny. drive anywhere and everywhere if I had that. Hmm. The headrest, Benny, there is no reason for something to be that soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was one of those things where I was like, I get in my car, which not gonna lie headrest they suck they're i think they didn't even like put any padding on this it's just leather on top of wood and yeah so i sit in that i'm like oh my goodness it's a miracle the thigh support you can customize if how far you want your left leg and your right leg to be out who needs that who needs that who needs that nobody but (laughs) yeah it's there and then what was the one that they had in the middle? I don't, uh, Nautica, I think. Yeah, I think it was the new Nautica. Uh-huh. Benny, that thing has scent pods in it. And I know Mercedes, BMW, and all that have already been doing that for a while. I have never experienced it. I did not think you're going to be, I think it was going to be like subtle. Like mm-hmm. I have the little trees and all that in my car. Yeah. I think it's subtle. I don't really smell it anymore. I think that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, everybody says they smell like leather after they come out of your car. Huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't smell <laughs> it. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. This so these, in there? these cars have like several scents that you get to just choose from. Yeah. I think the Lincoln had like three scents. Oh my gosh. And yeah, you're gonna have to replace it when you're done. But I like I wonder if the Lincoln Navigator has those scent pods. Because that would just be like dream car. <laughs> oh, they have massaging seats. Best thing ever. I could I could They did have a section of massage chairs. How no, well, like no, in the, the car. The car had oh, massaging what? seats. <laughs> It I'm was, not crazy, right? There was a section of yeah, massage yeah. chairs. I was really confused. We don't I got go, really thrown off. We don't go close to those anymore after Dylan got stuck in one. Huh? You got stuck in a massage chair? At the rodeo a few years ago. I clicked, I just turned the thing off and I didn't click stop. Mm. But it didn't deflate the bags around my ankles. <laughs> so I couldn't get out. Uh, I had to once delay a student from like coming home because they had like a surprise party going so i uh me a friend of his and uh, him the three of us we went to the mall and i'm like what am i supposed to do like what, how do i keep him occupied for a few hours i ended up buying a sword and uh, not a sword uh a hidden blade from assassin's creed because I had to kill time. And I'm like, uh, I'm still considering. And so we just hung out there for a little while. And then I had a weapon suddenly. And, and then we're walking around the mall. I'm like, uh, let's go. Oh, look, a furniture store. And we found they had massage chairs. And so we sat into it. And that took up 20 minutes because each, each thing is a 20 minute thing. So you're sitting there. They got done and they're like, OK, we're ready to go home. I'm like, oh, I, uh, I wanted to try yours. And so <laughs> I sit down. <laughs> all the all the employees were just circling us because they're like, "Oh yeah, somebody sits down in the massage chair. That's your opportunity to like make the sale." Yeah. And I'm like, "Listen, I hate to tell you this, but I'm literally just trying to kill time." <laughs> there you go. Okay. And they walk off, <laughs> and they just had one person standing near me to tell all the other employees, "Nah." He's not. You're not going to make the sale. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to kill several hours at the mall, and it accumulated with me leaving with a hidden blade, maybe a new pair of jeans, and having sat in a massage chair for forty to sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the things I do for student ministry. <laughs> so if we ever have to get stuck at a furniture store with Ben, we know why. It's a surprise party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> If I if I'm getting lost, I'm I'm never lost. <laughs> well, watch Benny get lost one time, and then us be like, oh, ha -ha. it's all it's all funny, Benny. You're you're funny. You're real funny. I'm like, no, guys, <laughs> I'm actually lost. Good one. You got us the first time. Oh my god. Did you see the brakes on the white Bugatti Chiron? You couldn't really see them behind the wheels of the black one, but the white one. I did not pay attention to the brakes, no. Benny, they were probably the size of this table. Oh my god. They were okay, that might be a bit of an, it, exa I mean, an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean like the side table probably. Uh, yeah, the side table probably. That's crazy. They were massive. Even those are like the size of like the Batmobile. That's like an arm. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Which I don't really get because I liked the uh Aston Martin. Did you see that one? Oh yeah. That was next to it? 
I really like that. Yeah. But some of the styling, uh, um, I mean, the, the wheels flared out on the sides of that. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. I kind of get why Bugatti put big brakes on it, because if you want to go fast... The lights are flickering again, guys. <laughs> At this point, we need to just turn off the lights. Yeah. Apparently, I was at fifty-five uh, percent, not fifty percent. Fifty-one point three. Yeah, fifty-one point three percent. But at the same time, nobody's driving their six, seven million dollar car yeah. all the way, like all of the top speed of like three hundred something miles an hour. Because I know if I wrecked my Bugatti Chiron, no matter how rich I was, I would still be upset. Yeah. Yeah. Also, what does that do to the human body? Just like, three, you better hope you don't hit a wall or something. You're just like, oh, you hope you slide. Yeah, no, if you're flying at 300 miles per hour and you hit something, like, you're, you're a goner. Yeah. Like, that's it. I wish, Hen I wish Hennessy would go to that. Go to the oh, San Antonio. That'd be cool. Yeah. Are they out of Fort, out, like, right outside of Dallas? Or or no, they're in Houston. Houston? Houston? Yeah. Even closer. Apparently, they have a tuning school that you can go to. Oh, wow. Um, we were talking about how... So, the, the auto show seems smaller, and it, it, it feels like every year it gets smaller and smaller, and, and fewer auto manufacturers decide to come. And I'm not sure, like, where that stems from, but some of the things that we laid out was, like, they need to do a better job of marketing yeah. the auto show, but also, like making it worthwhile mm -hmm. both for the consumer but also the vendor like which you know happen is a two-sided coin you have to make it worthwhile for both of them because we feel what's happening is let's say somebody decides to go to the auto show let's say i'm a big fan of honda which i guess i am i've only owned hondas um <laughs> i'm a big fan of honda Show up at the auto show. I'm like, cool. I want to go check out the new Civic. I want to go check out what they're doing with the SI um, or the new Type R, whatever they just announced a little while back. I'm like, cool. Maybe they'll have a Type R that I could I could sit in. That'd be super dope. Mm -hmm. And then Honda just doesn't even show up to the auto show. Then next year, the likelihood of me going to the auto show is really low yeah. because it didn't have the cars that I wanted. Um, now, flip side, the vendor side. I can see kind of why they don't want to show up because if they're only trying to get sales, the auto show is not the place no. to like get a sale, but it's a long-term play. You have to be willing to like bring your cars and let people take a look at what you offer. Let people sit in the cars. Like this is their chance to sit into a Porsche, to sit mm -hmm. into these, these cars that they never get to sit in. Um, now I'll get, I mean, I understand why they don't let us sit in the Bugatti, but, um, <laughs> but on, still Benny, like, don't you always sit in a $5 million car? Well, yeah, but like, <laughs> that's my Bugatti that's in the vault, but, <laughs> Excuse me. um, no, but like, it, it, there. it's, it's that kind of stuff that like, if they're only considered, uh, if they're only worried about making a sale, then that's, uh, and that's their metric. That's why vendors aren't showing up. Like maybe Honda doesn't show up because they're like, oh, well, people aren't showing up to buy more Hondas right now or, or whatever, you know, the case may be. But if that, if people aren't showing up to buy more Hondas from the auto show, then they're, they're like, Oh, we're just, it's not worth our time to go to the auto show. 
well, yeah, but now people aren't seeing the new Hondas and now therefore they're not going to go to the dealership either. Yeah. You know? So, um, I think all around the auto show committee just needs to do a better job of marketing it and then making it worthwhile for those that attend and those that like the, for the mm -hmm. vendors. Yeah. Um, they had a couple games that I saw on social media. I had no idea was happening. Apparently they had some kind of like media challenge out front on, on Friday morning or Friday, like as it opened, I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know of. Like yeah. I would have been down to like participate in some kind of game activity and you get a chance to like win a car or something like, mm -hmm. um, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that, that, uh, they should do more of, but publicize yeah. that they're doing it because then people are going to want to show up and like sign up for a chance to get 50,000 off a luxury, you know, 10,000 off of such and such thing to lock in at whatever price point or whatever. Yeah. If you really want to do the sales thing, like do that kind of deal with the, uh, with the dealers, um, or just like whatever, whatever you can do to make it worthwhile for the family to show up at the auto show. Like that's, I've been going to the auto show for a long time and for a long time it was just my family thing. So nowadays it's what I love to do with uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, my dad. Like we all really enjoy um, the auto show. My mom, not as much. He's not into cars. So, to be fair, Cynthia isn't either. My sister also isn't into cars. She shows up because like we're there. And so it, it's kind of more of a guy thing in my family. But Still, the whole thing started as like a family thing because yeah. we just like, if you like looking at cars, like bring the whole family. This one doesn't have that same kind of energy of like, bring the whole family. They kind of market it that way, but like they don't have anything to make it worthwhile yeah. for the family. You know, I thought it was kind of like, I liked looking at all the vehicles, mm -hmm. but this year from last year, it seemed more exciting than this year. Uh, mm -hmm almost kind of boring like oh i saw these last year huh yeah or they're the same huh? mm -hmm. yeah or there's nothing new huh? right or it's just uh mm -hmm. i wish you this manufacturer came in like i said like you're saying i think porsche could have came in because porsche is running some of the same prices some of those like toyos even running, if you think about it because their new tundras about could be a hundred thousand, uh, mm -hmm. which is just crazy to think of. It's crazy. So you there's could, you like, could have a tundra or you could have a Porsche. Yeah, that's crazy. So <laughs> it's not. So there's no reason why Porsche couldn't be there. Uh. Yeah. Well, and there's so many. I mean, there's so many auto manufacturers here in town that um, should bring their vehicles. Um, like I think even like Honda, Ferrari could bring some because there's some. Ferrari, Mini, um, BMW could bring their own thing. Lexus. Lexus was Lexus there. Lexus was there. Lexus was there. Um, let's see, Acura was there, but Honda wasn't. Yeah. Um, I wish like GMC was there because they had Chevy. GMC would be cool. Because GMC has a little bit yeah. different, even like the Cadillacs. Because uh, mm -hmm. they've had Lincoln there. The Cadillac could yeah, have been Cadillac, there. Yeah, Cadillac, Buick. Those could all come. Um, there's just a whole bunch that I'm like, we're all here. Like, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy did bring up like, I wish Tesla would show up. I'm like, yes, but Tesla doesn't do this. Tesla yeah. doesn't. If you notice, Tesla does no marketing. Tesla doesn't like market in the traditional sense. T 
Tesla's only marketing is us talking about Tesla because yeah. they realize, I mean, I don't know how they hacked this. Literally word of mouth is the best way of advertising and by not advertising, they force themselves into word of mouth advertising that like Elon just comes out and says, we have a Tesla and it does this. Thank you. That's it. And suddenly everyone else talks about it, but they don't, they don't go to art uh, auto shows. Mm -mm. They don't post ads on TV. They don't do like all this kind of stuff. They're like, no, no, no. We're Tesla. You know who we are. That's crazy. That's why they took their cars out of Forza. Like Forza Horizon 3, that's the last Tesla they ever had in the game. Wow. Yeah, you're right. They haven't had Tesla in the game. They don't. Dang. <laughs> anyway, quick. Uh, that, that was a quick 32-minute uh, conversation about <laughs> the auto show. <laughs> I do wish Cadillac and GMC were there. Because I want to like, look at the new Hummer. Mm-hmm. I want to see. Oh yeah, if they brought in the the new uh, Hummer EV, I want to see what it feels like on the inside. Because the thing weighs nine thousand pounds. Yeah, the thing is gigantic. And it's I've a seen tank. a few of them in person. I'm like, if I got rear-ended by that, I'm dead. Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping that thing. Yeah. And then I want to. I'm like, I want to see the new Cadillac Escalade. Mm-hmm. I want to see the Cadillac Escalade V. I've seen one of them. My grandma was driving it, so like, I couldn't really, I couldn't really be like, drive it, because <laughs> yeah, she was like seventy. <laughs> um, but yeah like I want to see one of those I would I do say I would rather have a Lincoln Navigator you don't so sat in one though you wouldn't know that unless you sat in one of the new Cadillacs huh? that is fair I would have a Lincoln Navigator over an F350 if I was paying for everything okay because it does have the 3.5 V6 yep. which my dad has a 2.8 V twin turbo V6, which is still, I think it's still considered an eco boost. I believe so, yeah. Because it has the twin turbos. And that thing already gets up and goes. And you, so you throw that in a family SUV with a lot of more liters. And I just wonder how fast that thing would be. <laughs> oh, my brother has the Explorer and the 3.5 eco boost, mm. the twin turbo one. That one thing is all wheel drive. You can get zero to sixty and like quick and take yeah. cart turns and stuff real quick. Oh. Yeah, it's my favorite thing. Just like being having a family SUV. They're like, oh yeah, just a zero to sixty in four seconds. No yeah, deal. no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you test drive any of those ones that that the test track over there? No, I didn't. Um, they were mostly electric. Yeah i I thought about going to try the Lightning, but um, eventually. I think we were all ready to go home and yeah. uh, Cynthia and Jimmy had to like go take care of the dog or whatever. Um, so I said like, oh, okay, no big deal. I'll go home. Single tear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fine though. How old do you have to be to test drive a vehicle from a dealership? Because me and Daniel had this thought. I think you have to be like 25, right? I was 18 because... I'm pretty sure it's either 16 or 18. I think it's 18. It's low. Because, like, in my mind, it's like... Well, one, at the auto show to test any of them? 16. 16. Yeah. If you can drive legally, like, just fill out the form, and you're allowed to drive. Um, 
But to go to a dealer and, and test drive a car, probably the same, but you know, yeah. I think it's if like, you're if you're obviously young, then they might like be a little more careful with you or whatever. But I remember sometimes I've showed up at dealerships and I'm like, hey, I, I'm interested in the I've, I've shown up to Acura. I'd be like, hey, I want to test drive the uh, new TLX. Like, oh, OK, they just walk back like no question. <laughs> I'm like, this is great. <laughs> this feels illegal. <laughs> like the reverse psychology of not sending in a salesperson and just being like, yeah, sure. Here's the car. Mm -hmm. suddenly i was like maybe i do want to buy it honda did that too. <laughs> and no one even said anything yeah i think honda did that and they asked for my dad's driver's license hmm. and then they just gave us the keys i'm yep. like i could take this on a pretty quick road like i could go to bucky's and just be like oh yeah i was testing it seeing how it was doing mm -hmm. you can put 80 miles on that thing <laughs> well no i was talking to noah the other day He's like, yeah, if you're up in College Station, I can get you a car. Uh, like, we, I can do a 24-hour. Uh, like a loaner vehicle? Lo loan on any car under 50000 No. Uh. Wow. And then he's like, oh, if you want a car and that you've always wanted to drive, I can get it in. Uh, and it says for a customer. Uh. <laughs> nice. So he's like, I have a GT350 in right now. Uh, man, Six-speed manual that you could drive. Uh. I'm like. That's crazy. Dylan, can we stay extra day? Uh. <laughs> I need one more day. What Daniel failed to think about is we had to be at the church at 8 o'clock. Yeah. The realistically, we didn't have to be there till 10.30. Uh. They do need to get the Food for Families delivery time closed. Because it went from anywhere from 6 p.m. Friday to 6 a.m. Saturday to 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Saturday. And it ended up being 10.30 that it got there. Which, thank God for electric pallet loader, unloaders, loaders, yeah. and unloaders. Yeah. Because we didn't do anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yay, technology. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome to Bible study. How was your week? Pretty good. Just worked and just got barely any sleep, but did food for families this weekend. Nice. Which, if Dane Oliver tells you a time, Add a few hours on to that because that's. Hey, I got you out at three pretty much. Huh? I said we had to be there by three. I told Daniel we can do food families, but I'd like to be at the car show by three because it closed at seven on Sunday. It gives us four hours. I didn't know how big it was. I didn't know how long it would take. So I figured I'd rather have. I'd rather take our time than be rushing whenever we see how big it is. We didn't get done with food families till three. Get back here. Get lunch, 3.30, get back down to the car show at 4. Thankfully, it wasn't that big, so we had time to look at everything. Yeah. But from now on, if Daniel asks, if Daniel says he'll help with something, just assume you're going to be helping with it, too. <laughs> That's a good yeah. rule. That's a good Basically, rule. Basically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wasn't planning on it, and Dave was like, uh, Buford Watson needs help. He needs an extra, yeah, an extra hand, and his group and his guy, his guy right. that bought ten needs help. Uh, he's like, "Can you help?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." I guess so. And I was like, "Let me see if I can get a couple guys to help." Uh, I like, I knew Dylan probably would say yes, but uh, Cause I asked servant him. of the Lord. Amen. He said yes, so I got Logan too, and. Caleb was a little lenient to say yes or no to it, but yeah, he got he forced got, into He it. got wrangled in. Yeah. So 
then I, I asked Alyssa like a couple days ago. Oh, and I thought she totally forgot about it. Uh, and she shows up. Yeah. I was like, where are we going? Sometimes that's how it happens. Like the people you think are going to be surefire. Oh, no. Something wait. comes up. Wait. And then people you think like, yet. there's no way. They're, they're not going to show up. I'm not done yet. <sighs> she shows up, stays there for the end of the packing. Uh huh. Doesn't pack. Uh, just sits there like we're ready oh. to go. To be fair, Daniel did the same thing. He did not help one so bad. Uh, uh, wow. I did. He might have done one box. No, wow. I, no I lifted like 20 of them. Well, wow. 20 of them. Anyway, so get it all done. Getting ready to leave. I have to go get my truck. And she's like, yeah, I decided I'm going to go home and eat, tur- eat turkey with my family. Uh, so she leaves. Uh, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. I don't know. <laughs> and I made fun of Jordan for taping the entire time and not lifting a box. Because you know, all he did is on the tape roll. And he was just taping. I'm like, gosh, Jordan, you've never worked a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I plan to keep it that way. <laughs> I said, there's a reason you work an office job. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear he got rear-ended? No. Yeah. Oh. Uh- the back of his BMW no longer looks like the back of a BMW. <laughs> oh no! It's bad, dude. That sucks. I feel like they're probably gonna like total it out. Uh, no, you don't think so? No. But it's pretty like. It's gonna take a lot of work, like a lot of I hours of work. Huh? I don't know if it would be a smart idea for him to open his trunk because his trunk it might come off. Yeah. His, oh no! As Morgan said to my car. His trunk looks like it has a cleft lip. Hmm. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs> what have we got? To, do you have a question for? Do you have another question for our discussion today? Benny, as a thirty, you're thirty, right? I'm twenty nine. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, <laughs> as a hold on, my math is wrong. I, I must, I must adjust. Hold on, Benny, as a twenty nine year old. Who is statistically dead in twenty er, in fifty six years, not fifty five? Statistically, okay. If you on. live, I gave you an extra two years. Not that you, I appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, if you keep up your diet of no fruit or vegetables, you're gonna be there. Hey, <laughs> you know, I I think I'm in better health than anybody ever anticipated for not eating fruits and vegetables. For not eating fruits and vegetables, that's. That's a everyone thought you'd be dead by 30, and now <laughs> technically they still have six months to be right. But <laughs> <laughs> so, where do you see yourself? Or, first, how does it feel? You're 30, 29, 20, 29. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel for me to be approaching 30? Yes, we'll go with that approaching 30. Okay, cool. that way I'm not because then it's a nicer wrong. number, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, feels good. It feels interesting because like, um, so getting to 30 is like a lot of people, there's like a stigma of like how much your life has to be put together and whatnot by, by this point. And for a lot of people, they're different places in terms of life progress or whatever, but it's just like what path you decided to go on and whatnot. Anyway, um, hitting 30 
I feel like I've learned so much in the last decade. Um, graduating from high school and then having this first decade of adulthood, it has been really, really good uh, because of just like life experiences and um, well, just like the lessons you learn from being an adult and uh, extending the things that you learned in college, in high school and whatnot, extending those things to a practical sense. So uh, for me, I mean, I, I went, I did all sorts of like media stuff, production stuff, uh, but also became a youth director, youth pastor, um, worship leader, served in many different facets at the church in Illinois. Um, but like, I have done so much in a decade. And the fact that I still have so much more time is what gets me excited mm -hmm. for like, okay, cool. Now I've just spent a decade learning. Now what happened, it gets me excited for what's going to happen in, in another decade and how much I'm going to be able to accomplish in that time. When your life's halfway gone. Statistically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so actually, let's hit on that, right? So what's the, what's the part of your question about me dying? <laughs> oh, I just said, I think the average age of, age of a male is like 85 in America. Okay. Could be wrong. That, I think that's the last I heard. Okay. So yeah, 52 is a weird number. I'm like, I'll just round it up to 55. Sure. So this kind of ties in. Or what's the reason that stemmed from? The reason I asked that question is because I was thinking about it, I'm like, man, like I'm 18. Mm -hmm. I'm an illegal adult, or I'm a legal adult. Mm -hmm. I've any opportunity I want to take. Mm -hmm. I'm not too deep into college where I could, where it'd be like super bad to back out. Mm -hmm. But I like if I want to go be a farmer, I could go be a farmer. Well, it's not like my top. That kind of ties into last week's what? <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> <laughs> where we said it's really hard to become a farmer. Uh -huh. Because you have to be half family into it. Yeah. I mean, I could get, I could find a way to get into it. It wouldn't be the easiest. But like, I have any, I have almost any opportunity I want to take. Yeah. And so I was like, I wonder where Benny's at. Because he's a decade older than us. Mm -hmm. A decade and a year specifically. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's like being 30. Because I know for me, it's like, I don't know where I see myself at really at all. Yeah. And I wonder if Benny's either in the same predicament of he doesn't really know where he sees himself or he's like, oh, I have a general idea. It's still not super there. And then I was like, oh, I was like, what has he learned for a third of his life being gone? And where does he see himself at the halfway point? of so in another decade okay so let's take it one one 
piece at a time. So uh, the first one, mm-hmm. what, where do you feel like you are right now? Because for me, the I'm mentally, focused, yeah, I'm focused on getting a preferably a high paying job just to be comfortable, starting a family, and just really graduating school and getting all that figured out, getting life as an adult figured out Mm -hmm. as a newer adult. Sure. So I would say, I would say I'm actually in a similar spot Mm -hmm. in the sense of, I just spent a decade working. Yeah. And not to say like there weren't endeavors to like, make a relationship to to see um to see if that would be fruitful at all um but it wasn't like your top priority it wasn't uh, yeah i would say it wasn't my top priority because i i really made my work efforts higher up on a list higher up on the list um at first it was school mm-hmm. at first it was uh well no i should say at first that involved my schooling and then i made the decision that i am getting way more experience and way more value out of um working than i am in my education or uh, in schooling i'm getting way more education on my own and through work than i am in in a degree plan or for me Mm -hmm. so i made the decision to uh to stop school and uh that happened because of a job change i became a youth pastor um well so i I should say like i I started as a business degree got straight c's and then i uh ever but at that point i already had my job as a graphic designer here at mission city but before it was mission city um but I was working here at the church as a graphic designer, learning all sorts of different skills. And everyone's like, why aren't you just studying graphic design? I'm like, eh, okay. So I went to San Antonio College, got, a, got an associate's degree of communications design. And uh, so now I had a fancy piece of paper that told me that I know how to do what I'm already doing. So it's great. <laughs> um, then I decided to pursue student ministry. And I went to Wayland Baptist University, started studying uh, biblical studies, but with a specific focus in, in youth ministry. Um, as I'm studying that, that's when I got a call to go to uh, Illinois and become a youth pastor, like a youth spiritual director. call or a literal call? Literal phone call. That's um, uh, a former supervisor of mine got the senior pastor position mm-hmm. up there. And then when they were looking for a youth pastor, they remember, he remembered that I had told him that's one of my passions is, is ministry and pursuing that. So he called me, uh, we, I flew up, checked it out and, uh, everything fell into place for me to take the position. So I was there for five years. And, uh, as I moved up there, I stopped, um, my schooling because I was just in the work I had to, I, I had to just focus on making the ministry run. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was all new, and mm-hmm. I had to learn what that, um, what that entails, uh, what it means to be a youth pastor, what it means to be in that community. How do I reach into the schools? How do I reach 
um, other churches? Like, how do I, how, how can I connect with other churches? There was a huge network of youth pastors in Illinois that just met monthly um, to, to learn from each other, see how, see what we're doing, learn different techniques that we could apply to our own ministries. Yeah. Um, so I spent five years doing that, tried doing online school uh, a couple times, uh, once, connect, uh, once continuing from uh, what I was doing here in San Antonio, and then I did a different university, tried that for a little bit, and then the pandemic hit, and then I had to go like double down on the tech producer, worship leader role, uh, like that side of, of my role uh, at the church. So um, went into that. And then now at this point, I'm like, I don't, I'm, I'm 10 years into <laughs> the workforce and I have learned everything I need. Uh, I, I have been able to learn mm -hmm. on my own the skills that I needed for what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so in this season of my life, that's why I have come, uh, I did not focus on education and college as my primary focus. <laughs> my primary focus was doing my work and learning through that. Yeah. So now we come to, I am approaching 30 and where is my mindset? Now my mindset is. I have done all these things. I have learned all these things. Now, what do I do as a long-term play? Yeah. Um, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. What do I do that I could do for, for, you know, the next two decades, three decades, whatever. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So in a same, in a similar sense of like trying to figure out your career, that's what I'm figuring out um, because I do see a, some different ideas of like business development, but also my activities at church. Um, uh, I should say like involvement mm -hmm. uh, at my church, like how much I serve and, and volunteer in different ways, but also um, the things I do as a part of the staff. So trying to figure out that balance and uh, what I feel that God is, is calling me to in that realm. And then uh now that I've gone around and done the whole work is top priority thing, um, now my attitude is shifting into rather than me jumping in and, and serving at every single opportunity, now I'm like, no, I need to... Let me say this. I say no more now than I did in my early 20s, for sure because I try to be careful with my yes. Yeah. So I want to make sure that what I'm spending my time on, it's very intentional mm -hmm. of I am taking my time to work on such and such business idea. I'm taking my time to intentionally rest. I am taking my time to, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so I don't just, I don't like, filling up my schedule just for the sake of like, oh, I get to do this and I get to do that and I get to do this and that. I don't like that anymore. There's still a, some element of like excitement from, from that because I, I, I do love serving people. But I would say that now I am way more cautious with just 
filling my schedule with whatever it is. Now I'm very intentional um, because, uh, again, I'm trying to, I'm trying to set things up now for the next two yeah. decades. So now I've, uh, that's, I think that's what best sums it up. I have learned for one decade. I am now gonna, gonna take time in this next decade. Like, I think in the next five to seven, let's, let's just say for nice numbers, five to 10 years, I'm gonna be taking time to set things up for things that can hold me over for 20 to 30 years. What about family? Are you focused on that at all? Yeah. I would say that that has become a much bigger thing. Mm -hmm. um, like that is, that is becoming a, a bigger priority for me is taking time for relationships. Yeah. Um, even just something I was thinking on this, this past week was um, I don't take vacations and uh, there's a idea that I was messing around with uh, for, for a vacation. Mm -hmm. So the thought that came through my mind was how am I going to do this vacation when I have so much going on at work? Young Benny mm -hmm. says, I can't take vacation because I'm working. Yeah. I have so much things to do. Now, like older Benny says, yeah, but is it worth sacrificing the relationships that that's going to build with the people that I'm thinking about, like going on this vacation with? Is it worth sacrificing the relationships or is it worth sacrificing the work? Am I going to get more worth out of building the connection and community with the people that I'm going with more so than the work ethic, than the whatever I'm going to gain from being at work on those days? And to be fair, uh, sometimes the answer is, no, you should probably go to work. Yeah. You know? Like sometimes in, in, in some situations, if I would just rent, let's say um, one of my ideas is I would like to go to Big Bend and photograph it. I think I've seen a lot of uh, people, I've seen people talk about how beautiful it is, seen some photos of it, and I'm like, that would be great. It's a close-ish big park, yeah. uh, big national park that I can go photograph. Um, I would love to go do that. Would a trip to Big Bend by myself be w worth sacrificing food for families weekend? No, like there's more things that I, I got to do during food for families weekend or for sure, like during during Christmas. Yeah. However, there are other times in which Oh, hey, I'm going to plan this vacation. That's actually going to bring me closer to this group of friends, whatever. And it's going to be a, a worthwhile memory. It's going to do, you know, whatever. 
And what's going to happen at work? I'm going to miss a Sunday yeah. and a few days in the office. Okay. That's affordable. Mm -hmm. Like then it's worthwhile going on the vacation and building that relationships, building the, building the relationships, building the memories, building the connections. That's more worthwhile in that, in that scenario. It varies. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, like, I think that that consideration has heightened in the last few years. And a good thing about your job is you can do it remotely. Yes. Unlike Daniel, can't really fix the church <laughs> through a Zoom Yeah, call. no, there are definitely uh, advantages to certain positions, but um, I think that's what's, what's great, too, even for Daniel is he's able to go on uh little trips like you guys just went to college station um for a day or whatever so which is basically a waste of time well i mean i thought it was fun just yeah. getting out just, yeah. just driving and stuff and hanging and talking you know? and i need to get closer point the point the microphone to where you're talking okay oh well it was just fun just going up to college station just got to see some friends got to hang out with dylan on the way Mm -hmm. and just driving up there and making fun of people on the way and just <laughs> cherish memories <laughs> and, and call doing all the bumps and we start messing with ways voices and stuff and just uh, yeah i'm no longer a proponent proponent is that a right proponent? word proponent is that a right word yes i think like somebody who's in favor of yeah yeah i am on top of my vocabulary today <laughs> uh no longer a fan of ways they took it took me on some back road my little legacy, it does not have the highest ground clearance. There were some bombs on that ride. I'm like, oh, my oil pan's gone. Hey, this is the one. <laughs> I'm going to have to call somebody. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Don't know where I am. <laughs> oh, no. I can ask a cow, but I don't know what that's going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh. And on the way back down, my, I used Apple Maps because I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's just the thing. If, like, if it's just the navigation. And on the way up there, it took us like four, four hours, give or take. We left at 2.15 and didn't get there till 7, probably 6.45. Yeah. No, we got there like 6.20, huh? Yeah. Um, but then Armando and Andrea left. Like 30 minutes behind us. I'd say 30 to 45 minutes because we were able to stop at the Bucky's in San Marcos. Mm -hmm. And I think we went two different. We I know for a fact we went two different ways. I don't know if they use Apple Maps, but probably. And they may or may not have gotten there, probably forty to fifty minutes before we did. After they stopped at Bucky's, mm. we did stop at Bucky's twice. But we're but, like super quick. We're yeah, like both less times, than fifteen. Huh? Yeah, both yeah. times were very quick. And so yeah, ways great voices. I love the fact that I can. Here when I speed went by just by the ding. I love the fact that it'll tell me where there, where there's a police officer. I don't like the routes. <laughs> there was one time I used uh, Waze and they had a special promotion to have Morgan Freeman's voice. And uh, there was like, I was getting into a traffic jam. So everything was slowing down. And you just hear Morgan Freeman uh, chime in. He goes, there's a slowdown ahead for seven minutes. 
but together we will overcome. And I'm like, I feel so encouraged. <laughs> Morgan Freeman said we will get through this traffic jam together. I love it when they had Medea on there. Oh my gosh. That one was fun. I didn't know who that was till the way up there. Oh. Never heard of him. Yeah. I thought he said Medina. And I was like, is it that the lake? lake? Yeah. <laughs> no, I showed him. She, he's yeah. hilarious. Oh. Yeah. Like in one of the clips, it was hilarious. I will say, for me, Medea got old in the sense of like, I saw a few of her movies and it was really funny. His movies? The, a few movies and it was really funny. And then over time, it just became like, it's the same joke. Like, in the sense, like, it, it's still mm -hmm. funny for the same reason. Yeah. You know? So that's like, I got meh. With Medea, but it is funny. I don't know. I, I just love him doing DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> Turn right. It is so funny. Or Mr. T. Mr. T was one for oh, a while. Mr. T was funny. Turn right, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> Who's Mr. T? Uh, oh. From, from the A team. Never seen it. Okay. Black guy was a big mohawk. Uh, Still never seen it. All right. That's okay. Fine. That's fine. Uh, uncultured. Uh, uncultured. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so let's go back to your question. You had a part two, like the, 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 oh, okay. the, the last part of the question or whatever. So that's where I'm at with coming to 30. All right. What have you learned a third of the way through your life? What are some inspiration, not necessarily inspirational, useful things that people could benefit from? Yeah. Oh. Don't even say the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> a squared uh, plus B squared. <laughs> yeah, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. No lie, we used that the other day. The last week or something, we were trying to figure out like the angles for where to shine lights and whatnot, and so Gabe and I had on the whiteboard drawn math equations of and diagrams of how to how to hang the lights at which height and what angle. <laughs> um, and then it turned out that we did way too much work. It was like after after twenty minutes, Gabe looked at it. He goes, "We're stupid." It's a 45, 45, 90 degree triangle. <laughs> all the numbers are consistent because they have to be. <laughs> so we've been solving all this stuff and it's like, no, you actually had the answer the whole time. <laughs> um, oh man. So I think the biggest takeaways is um, you shouldn't get all, don't get caught up in the details because you're going to forget about them in like a week, a month. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times when you um when you get into fights, when you get into trials or whatever, like you, you get into various just tough times. Um I I apparently have a thing called radical acceptance is a psychological condition. It literally means like it, it's the official fancy term for it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's my constant state in life. <laughs> so, um, however, so one, apparently I have that to a fault. Two, 
what that has afforded me is I don't get as wound up about things and I don't hold grudges because it's not worthwhile in the long term. So that's one thing is I, I would not worry about being stressed about school, being stressed about work or whatever. Like you have to um, take your time in each season and have grace for yourself because every single person's going to be going at it differently. Um, I know a lot of my classmates that like are already married, already have kids. I know some others who are in the same boat as me. They've just been working the whole time and I haven't, haven't found the person to settle down with yet. Um, so, uh, Everyone has their own kind of walk that they do. So don't beat yourself up about like, I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. No, actually, you're right where you're supposed to be for, where, for what God has for you. Mm -hmm. um, I found that at every step that I was able to edit, what is this? As I pursued Christ, he put me in the places that I needed to be at. Yeah. Um, people were getting laid off of work, and I got to stay because of the rapport I had with the new, um, new people in leadership. Mm -hmm. um, because of the way I handle myself, I was able to, I was given more responsibility. Um, that then trained me for the next position that I had. And then it happened all over again. People saw the way I acted. People, um, I was able to learn more and more and be able to serve more and more. And, um, I didn't, uh, I, say I never felt like I was in the wrong place because I was always being trained in something that was in preparation for the next stage. Yeah. And so I think God orchestrates our steps in such a way to prepare us for what he has for, for us next. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to go through something accidentally. There's always going to be a purpose for it. Um, there's going to be a way that even if it's something really, really hard, you're going to be able to learn something from that or you're going to be able to now relate to somebody and therefore share the gospel or share an encouraging word with somebody else who is also experiencing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, 
don't get wound up in the details. Focus on what matters. Mm -hmm. And what matters most is... Well, I mean, this. what matters most is what's going to be eternal. Yeah. And it descends from there. So, in, in terms of time, mm-hmm. what matters most is the eternal. Jesus, your relationship with him, your relationship with God, um, that's the most important thing. That, like, out of all the things that I've pursued, that has been the constant throughout all of it. Um, and the value I get from pursuing his word is infinitely more important than the value I got from hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos or spending time with people or whatever. Like all of that was good. Like I, I learned a ton from the YouTube videos. I learned a ton from practicing, uh, different things from, from being with people and living life with them. and. Like, that was all super worthwhile. But spending time with God was even more. Because that is what prepared me for those moments with people. So, relationship with God and focusing on making sure um, that that relationship is healthy, meaning, basically meaning I, I'm doing my part, um that was number one then you come down from there what are what are you doing that has longevity for your for the entirety of your life so the wisdom i'm gaining the knowledge i'm 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 learning um lots of my youtube videos are educational So I spend my free time learning about technology, Mm -hmm. learning about photography, videography, learning about business, learning about leadership, learning about, I, for fun, I learn that. Um, so that's going to have bearings all throughout my life. Then you come back from that. What, what's going to what's the next most important thing? The next most important thing then is probably like the people you, the people you are led to draw close because those are the people that when you invest into those relationships, they become lifelong relationships. Um, spend the time with them. Spend like, really be in the moment with them. Um, People have a desire for community. People have a desire for connection. Yeah. Um, Some of the most important things I've ever done for people have just been there. Yeah. Not even like saying anything, Mm -hmm. but just like, being able to listen. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm showing them is that I am there in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. It's not just um, 
It's not just that I'm saying, yeah, I've got your back. It's that I'm there. You're showing. Yeah. Um, so I would say like the personal relationships was the next most important thing. I heard something. I don't forgot who said it, but it was something like, look towards God and then look slightly to your left and slightly to your right, but still looking in front of you mm-hmm. and run towards those people because mm-hmm. they're also running towards God. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because you don't ever, I feel like a lot of times we look back mm. just like without thinking about it. And then we look at all these people that are not, not necessarily more Christian, but outwardly more religious than us. We're like, oh, they're weird. But mm-hmm. we're, we're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might do stuff that other people think are weird, but we only got 83 years, 85 years on this earth. And compared to the eternity in heaven, it's like, that is nothing. Mm. I really like that analogy. Um, <clears throat> I had a uh, an old mentor or discipler of of mine um, in Illinois. He had a uh, group of people that he would disciple every single year. Um, every single year, he develops a um, cadre. That's what he what he calls it. And it's a group of people focused on uh, a given purpose. And so it would be 12 men coming together to study God's word and to become better men of God. Was it for um, like the 12 disciples? Is that why you only got 12 people? Yep. yep. It was specifically designed for that. Um, so we would spend uh, from like October to May, I think would be the the year um every single month we get together and we we learn more and more and one of the things that he instilled within us is uh a disciple maker's prayer and within that prayer is this line that says uh Jesus would you reveal to me show show me who you want me to pull close for disciple making friendships um that's what your analogy reminds me of as you are pursuing the lord he will reveal to you who you are to pull close for disciple making and that disciple making process is not even necessarily like um you teaching them it is like it's a two way street Disciple making is a two-way street. Um, we become co-disciples with one another. Um, like what we have done for a year, year and a half is that in the sense where we study God's word and we share what we learn from it. I might teach you in some moments, but at the same time, whenever you share your insights, you are also teaching me. Yeah. Um, I am learning from from your life experiences. You are learning from my life experiences. Um, we are all 
focused on learning from God's word and what he has for us. So <clears throat> throughout life, um, uh, in what I was saying earlier about like pulling people closer or showing people that you're there, um, that stems from that prayer that is, show me who to pull close. Mm -hmm. um, show me who are the people around me that, uh, that you have called me to reach, you know? Um, and then how I can show Jesus to them. Um, yeah. I don't know. Does that kind of answer the, yeah. the question of like some of the biggest, those, those I think are some of my biggest takeaways um, that I've just been learning and reflecting on for a little while. Because I would say for me, like right now, I'm really focused on trying to focus on God and listen to him. Because this weekend, it was busy. Mm -hmm. It was like a field trip with Miss Russell. Anything but ordinary. <laughs> and so it was just really hard because like Friday, got to go up to college. Don't have to, but like I want to go up to College Station and support mm -hmm. them. And it's like that takes out a good chunk of your day because yep. and they didn't even play the whole game <laughs> they lost bad oh, oh gosh <laughs> 48 nothing <gasps> we the total game itself lasted 20 minutes about 45 oh at least uh. no the game just the game lasted 20 minutes because it had to because in the 6a i guess rule book or it might be tap is if you're down by 45, the other the winning team wins. I guess because they don't want to... Like a mercy rule thing? Yeah. But if it's in the first half, they have to play the entire first half. Dang. And so I think the final score ended up being like 48 nothing, And it was just like, oh my goodness. They're That's just terrible. Tear it apart. Yeah. Right? But I'm kind of glad because I don't want to end up driving. Like I already got home at like 2.20. And so then me driving back, it would have been like four o'clock. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think a big part of that is just like the busyness of supporting people. And like you said, saying yes to stuff. Definitely be more careful about that. Because mm -hmm. like this weekend just like kicked my butt. I got like eight yeah. school assignments to do. Saturday, help with. Unloading the semi truck, mm -hmm. and then do some schoolwork. Then, and then Sunday, wake up early, get to the church, help set up with the golf cart, right? Do the food for families that went till twelve thirty, and then go deliver the boxes that went till three. Yeah, and then okay, everybody go meet up back at the church. Logan and Cash go home with my mom. I'll take me, and my dad, and Dana to the car show, mm -hmm. and then get home. Then do some get home at like I want to say I got home at like six thirty. Still like knock out some more assignments, and then wake up this morning. Or yeah, wake up this morning, get some more assignments done, come up to the church, do this, and then tomorrow, like tomorrow, got a whole another week of school just restart. Yeah, and so it's just like rough to give it. Rough to put my stresses to God 
when I can't oh when I don't have time to open the when I'm not making time to open the word. Yeah. To try to put my stresses together. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it, we all have things that draw our attention. Um but I really like I mean, you articulated that well. When we don't make time for God, then what happens is we get stressed and overwhelmed or like it's just one thing to the next and you're you might then say yes to things and it might still be fun. It might still be fine. Um but there's not that intentionality yeah when you just quickly say yeah i'll go what did you just agree to you know so uh i think when you set that priority of hey i'm gonna i'm making time for god right now i'm making time for god you know in the morning i'm making time for god whatever like whatever time that needs to be i'm making time for god and that's going to be set in stone so that I can focus on my schoolwork or I can focus on mm -hmm. my, my, my job. I can focus on the, the appointments I have with my friends. And then you have, that gives you perspective on, I have two hours for free and somebody asked me if I could help get, I don't know, pick up something, help move a yeah. table. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um uh like when everything else is in order, now you can make a more intentional choice of am I free to help right now? Can I say yes right now? Or am I busy because I haven't gotten through my priority? I think there is a season for both. I actually had a really good discussion with Nathaniel. Shout out to episode one. Um, uh, Where's the episode two? We Nobody don't know. Knows. Uh, you know, mystery guest. That, <laughs> that's how our show operates. <laughs> mystery guest to us all. Um, uh, no, I had a, a really good discussion with him uh, on this nature of like, sometimes you just have seasons in which you are running with a full schedule um and you are saying yes to more things because it does afford you more opportunities and uh, there is good that comes from that i think my only thing to say in response is just keep things in priority order yeah don't say yes so many times that suddenly you're saying no to your time with God. Um, because if that starts falling apart, everything else, then the rest is going to start falling apart. Um, so just have it in order. That way you can still say yes to people. Like for me, like lately, it's, I've been saying yes to so much stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like, Working at a church, I have to say yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. And then when people want me to go do stuff, I feel like I need to well, go do it, and I say yes. Uh, sure. It's just uh, I haven't found that balance yet of yeah 
where I can say no, because well, some of the stuff is, oh, that's a really good learning moment for me. It's something that was worship or something. I'm like, yeah. I need to go to that. That's going to be a good learning for me. You know? uh -huh. And I just, I say yes, and I get back late and stuff, and it's just, I don't know. Just Sometimes I just feel like I just need to say no, but it's like at the same time, it's always really good I went. Uh -huh. Good things, yeah. And like my schedule now, it's like, I'm looking, if I start school, how am I going to fit this in? Bible study, Wednesdays, I'll be free maybe Thursdays and Fridays and weekends, but that's about it. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, uh, where do I say no to? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The That answer really only comes through prayer. Um, I think the biggest thing there is there is a time and a season for everything. There was a time and a season in which I felt very strong in when I was 19, I felt very strongly of I am supposed to serve in students because I am a key leader. I grew up in the student ministry. I was in the servant leadership team. I know how to do this. I can now serve. Da, 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 da. All that. And then I got busy with work and I got involved with college ministry. And even though I initially told uh, the, the student pastor, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to help. I, I'm willing to serve. My schedule actually didn't dictate that. My schedule actually dictated that I was more inclined to help with college. And that's okay. Like, there's a season in which you can serve in, in students and serve in whatever and serve. Like, I found myself, I, I served in students all the time. I had things with uh, classmates throughout the day. And then I filled up the rest, rest of my schedule with um, uh, schoolwork and work. I got to a point in which I was like, maybe right now, I'm, it's actually that season where I'm supposed to pull back from student ministry. Um, there were times at which I pulled back from different Bible studies because I'm like, I just can't go to this group right now. I can't commit to being in this Bible study. Um, so there's, there's a season for everything. And the discernment for that just comes through um, prayer and meditation, meaning like you sitting and, and reflecting on your time and what you feel God is calling you to in this season. Um, reflecting on the last decade. So here, here, here's the biggest thing here, here, or not biggest thing. I keep saying that and then keep saying other things. Um, when, when you look at me, do you see a difference? And that's a scary question because you're going to make a comment about my hair. <laughs> what hair? Um, uh, <laughs> in the way in the way that we act 
do you see a big difference? When you say we, what do you mean? Me versus you guys. Act in which way? I don't know. Like, I was like, in the last year, I see like a big difference in like uh, you. Like when JT was here, you would say yes to go help in student ministry more often. You'd say yes to do this, 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 and this. This past year, it seems like you focused on more on work mm-hmm. and it's focused more on yourself, like, and your relationship, not more just filling up your schedule. Huh? Mm-hmm. Because you had free time, and I'm like, oh, I'll fill it up. Huh? Mm-hmm. That's where I'm struggling right now. This is like, I didn't have to go to College Station. I yeah, I had the free time because I didn't have to go hunting. Huh? Yeah, I could have sat down, and rested, rested, and do that. But I. Half, I don't know what just sent me is like I can't sit down and do nothing. I just have to do keep doing something. So I build my schedule, huh? mm-hmm. and I just need to learn to sometimes just rest and yeah do stuff. Like I could have been could have done my mission mission trip uh, yeah. letters, but no, I just need to fill my time to do something. Huh? Mm-hmm. But when. When I look at you guys and I see the way, especially casually, when I look at you guys casually interacting with each other and whatnot, I feel pretty much the exact same way I felt at your age, 10 years removed. And I think there's a stigma of. You, when you get old, your things are just like everything's just going to fall apart. Your body's going to be sore. But I already I, have that happen. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, I'm telling you, that no fruit and vegetable diet, I'm here at 29 with no back aches, and Daniel's over there having more ankle pains than anyone I've ever known. Have you seen what Dave? <laughs> I would rather, rather have no fruits and vegetables than see, eat what Daniel eats. <laughs> Whatever. Huh? So, um, no, but uh, the, the point of what I'm saying is I feel the same as you guys do. Unless you eat and a I've t- And I've taken an, up an entire decade. Mm-hmm. I say that to encourage you. It's okay to say no to certain things in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. Because you actually have so much time. I think a lot of people rush. And we feel like we have to hit certain milestones by certain points. And, and, and we feel like time is running out because we're going to miss an opportunity. You're never going to miss an opportunity that God has ordained. If God has ordained the moment, you will have that moment. Um, because God has ordained it. So you're never gonna, you're never going to spend more time on something that God doesn't want you to spend time on. If God is calling you to something, you will find that you will gravitate towards that thing 
more and more because he is leading you to it. That stems from having the priority correct. If your priority is spending time with God and you are convening with, his, uh, convening with the spirit that lives within you, you are spending time in prayer, you are reading his word, all of that leads you to such closeness with him that when you go throughout your daily day-to-day life, you will then feel inclined to spend more time in students, to spend more time in kids, to spend more time in whatever ministry, whatever pursuit you have. And you will then also feel when it is time to go, when it is time to do a new thing. You can afford the time spent on all the different endeavors. You have so much time. If I am, if I am only a third done with life, you guys are only in first quarter. And you guys are only in first quarter and practically Barely. just getting started. Yeah. Because the first 18 years, 17, 18 years of your life is tutorial. Mm-hmm. Because you is don't... Is there an option to restart the tutorial? No, sir. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> only through Jesus Christ. And the... the, 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 the Never mind. <laughs> the, the born again nature that he talks about is not one of physical. <laughs> Just go into a whole thing. Um, you are just getting started. I feel like I've spent a whole decade learning and I'm looking at the rest of my life like, okay, cool. Let's, let's start. Yeah. I like the mindset is so different. And I even remember being like 18, 19, 20 and interacting with people in their thirties and being like, oh my gosh, you're like twice as old as I am. But they weren't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it, it felt like, oh my gosh, you're like double ahead of where I am. And then you now I'm figured out. Now I'm here at that so-called double. And now I'm here and I'm like, no, like I actually just now learned the game. Yeah. And you know, now I now I'm starting to get it and I can actually start playing. And that, that actually gets me really excited for what else I can do. Hmm. Um, you know, some of your, your questions focused in on, like, how much time you have left or, like, what do you hope to do with that time? It's, like, so much more. Figure it out. Because, like, now I, now I have my heading. Now I have, you know, I like, I am so much more excited 
for where I'm heading. Because if this is what I've been able to do in 10 years, and I've still got another 50, that's incredible. Yeah. The amount of things I'm going to be able to do is humbling. Mm -hmm. Because, like, yeah, it's, it's just this moment of being so eternally grateful for the opportunity um, that I have before me. I have another question, one that does not relate to this topic whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> so you said that you feel our age whenever you feel our age now mm -hmm. when we were our age. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely misquoted that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So, growing up in school, not necessarily you, but did you or anyone you know have female friends? I'm a little confused at where you're going and how my quote earlier had anything to do with this. <laughs> Please elaborate <laughs> for what I'm answering. So, opposite sex friends. Okay. Not, not dating. Strictly friends. Okay. I feel like it's a relatively newer thing that was started by millennials, but Gen Z has really picked it up and taken it off. To have platonic relationships? Correct. Because you don't really hear about anybody else talking about them. Or I could be completely wrong and just miss 18 years of information. I think it's that one. Okay, I think it's that so. one. Okay. Um, a little bit. So. They've gotten more popular. I feel like. Oh, I guess for me, I'm thinking about it. When I was younger, I never really wanted to hang out with girls because they didn't like anything I liked. Or, or did they not want to hang out with you? Well, I was also scared <laughs> to go talk to girls, too. It wasn't Aww, this. Oh, like, Daniel. It wasn't that. I mean, it was like... I. Yeah, like so hanging out with guys yeah like oh well, like high when i got in high school i started making friends with females and stuff and they're part of our groups and stuff and we hang out mm -hmm. but it's not like we're dating like part of the group's dating them or something but it's like we're right friends so you didn't have that desire to date them either it was just like no we're just we're friends yeah we have like we like the same stuff we make fun of each other and it's just like mm -hmm. let's go let's go we'll have yeah. fun no? yeah let's keep going if they don't um, like chakras, I don't talk to them. Um, you, know, your, you, know, you have a lot yeah. of fake friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Next week we're finding Daniel. The, the, only, the only thing that's in my mind now is the song she turned. She thinks my tractor is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, <laughs> platonic relationship, not a new concept, um, but gained in popularity, right? See, I actually almost see like a decline. Really? I feel like, and, and actually it might just be a perception based on 
social media culture. Social media and culture shows that uh, way more people are like just in it to like go sleep with each other. That's what I, is perpetuated I by media. I see that. Um, as I reflect currently, I think what happens is once you start like living life with people, um, and you guys, we, we have had conversations based on, uh, about relationships prior, um, talking through like, what are the things that you look for in a, in a partner? And when it's, when that person isn't like within your requirements for a partner, uh, then that means like you can then have a platonic friendship and relationship with them. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to speak on that. It, it, it's, it's interesting. I don't think that it's like more popular within a particular generation. What I, what I think it is that well, you're I'm... seeing, let me throw this out to you and, and you can see if, if that, if this drives. What I'm seeing is as you guys are now becoming young adults, you're, you're starting your endeavors as, as, as young adults, you now have more maturity and you are interacting with more and more people in which all of your friendships are platonic, more of your fr friendships are platonic, and then therefore you are seeing that rise in uh, rise in platonic friendships because that's just the season of life that you're in. Um, then you just call it a single in a very elegant way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, to sum it all up. <laughs> basically, uh, no. You, I it's, think what it is is like you're, you're like welcome. Like Maui did. Uh, what? At least you didn't call us like Maui did to me. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was rough. <laughs> um, I think what it is is your your season of life. You are seeing more platonic relationships because now instead of being in high school and like, because I think in high school you are either trying to flirt with a ton of people, or you're just like doing your thing and you're not gonna you're not gonna worry about people. And when, when you're in that second group, you basically, like, you guys just, like, hang out with the guys, basically. Like, as a big picture term. Girls won't talk to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie, but okay. So. You just annoy them. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> so what did I want to talk about Farming Simulator and Tractors? That's not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's what you're seeing is now that you're out of high school, that culture, like that kind of world is so dumb. Like yeah. <laughs> as, as I reflect on it, it's so dumb because now as young adults, now you're all just young adults. 
and that's that um equalization of everyone makes it so that you can have more platonic relationships yeah what does the bible say about that platonic relationship so we are to care for our brothers and sisters as they are our brothers and sisters. Yeah. So for me, what that means is if I meet somebody, say here at church, we're hanging out, we're at, we're at life group. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're, we're at life group. Somebody new shows up and um, uh, a new girl shows up find out that she's a christian cool you are now my sister in christ i now care for you as i do any one of my other sisters in christ yeah um that's the attitude i should have for everyone you know i i care for you guys like i do my brothers as if you would be brothers of mine i care for uh, the girls in our life group in our church as if they would be sisters. Um, that is the kind of platonic relationship that I think is shown in the early church of people living life together and supporting one another, caring for one another, um, breaking bread with one another. That's what I see as, as the, the drive for platonic relationships. Then. I don't know what that was. That was a weird noise. Hmm. Interesting. Like yeah, I don't know. Huh? Or is it a bird? It sounds like it could be a, like a rare bird. It sounds like a suction cup. Oh. It, it might be suction cups. you think someone's scaling the building with suction cups? That'd be funny. I wouldn't be um, surprised if it was Hunter. Just trying to be funny. He's like, ah, I'm just window washing. <laughs> watch, the, watch the window pane like, come out. Yeah. <laughs> um... So that's what I see as, as the motivation for platonic relationships is caring for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Then, um, as like what I was saying earlier, if you see somebody demonstrate qualities that which you would like in a wife, then you can start to pursue them and have conversations with them and whatnot to develop a relationship deeper but let's say it doesn't work out let's say you start pursuing somebody with hopes of like oh yeah you know maybe they um uh they are demonstrating qualities that i like cool get to know them more okay turns out like they're actually a really cool person but like they're not i don't see them being my wife cool like great actually <laughs> great <laughs> then they can then i can continue to just care for you as my sister and then i can keep going and doing what god has called me to do yeah does that make sense yeah cool time for another question you have more questions we're at two hours my dude are we really yeah we've been going for two hours oh, it's wow. seven o'clock oh <laughs> I thank God because I only had one more question. It's not even really a question. What is the question? Just do it since you have it. Uh... More of a statement. Okay. Oh, this is the one I wrote early 
Tuesday morning. Oh no. There's a reason it was written early Tuesday morning. <laughs> so why, what, are the, why are the drivers suck? Huh? No. <laughs> Tuesday mornings driving there is not bad. On the way back though. Yeah. What makes us human? It this is what I have written down. I don't know where I was going with this. Okay. As I'm reading it, it might come to me. But I don't know. Oh, I remember. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't really a question. It's more of a statement. But what I've written down was what makes us human? It's our ability to know and process information. Not the YouTube video I saw that said we don't know. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. This is I do not remember. I oh, okay. just think that's something else. But I think where I was going with this is I saw a YouTube video. Not kind of think I it's a philosophical YouTube video. Mm. And it's just like it was something about um I think it was compare something along the lines of comparing human traits to animal traits. Mm. And they were only pointing out the similarities. Mm. But can I got a double question here? Oh gosh. One, do you think there will ever be a time where we can train a monkey? I'm just saying a monkey, any animal, mostly a monkey, because they're already close. Yeah, they're already close to us. Do you think we'll ever be able to train a monkey to, to share the gun? Not only that, but enable it to believe that there is a god. I really don't. I just, for me, I don't no. think they're wired that way. I don't think. So, so the thing is, because we can, can train them to act like it. You can train them to reflect. We can't make them believe it. You, yeah, you can train them to act like it. You can train them to like uh, respond to certain cues in certain ways. Uh, ultimately, um, animals don't have souls. We were created in God's image, therefore having a soul. Um, and that's kind of what separates us. That's why God gave us dominion over animals and, and plants and whatnot. Like we were, um, Adam's job was to name and care for all of the, um, all of the animals and, in existence and all of the, the trees in the garden and everything, he was, he was sent to take care of that. Um, the reason is because we can comprehend and understand. Um, we, well, we can comprehend what it means to have a relationship with Christ. Animals can't. Yeah. So I would say no. Yeah. You know, it'd be funny. Adam, you know, he just named a dog or some something mm -hmm. because it's his dog, but he just named it Bob. <laughs> the animal type is Bob. Animal type is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you you are a Bob. <laughs> Going Bob, honey. <laughs> Bobcat. There you go. Yeah, but the... there's cat. Uh, I mean, it's just Bob. Anyway. <laughs> You have more questions? 
kind of it's the second part of the question. Oh, okay. What enables us to process the information that we do in order to focus on the gospel? Does that make sense? So how are we mentally able to comprehend the intricacies of the Lord? Yeah. But he kind of stumped more, more than just... More, more than... Just reading animals. it. Yeah. More than just reading it and... Like, acting on what it said, we actually yeah. seek to understand. So... Compared to the green, let's compare it to the green eggs and ham in the Bible. How come we don't believe what green eggs and ham is says, mm-hmm. but we can believe what the Bible says? They're both just books. Mm-hmm. So it is the spirit that guides our understanding of scripture. Um. Even those that do not have the Holy Spirit, it is, uh, it is a movement by God that guides people and opens, uh, the Bible says that um, uh, our eyes can have blinders on to, as we read Scripture. So sometimes there are people in the world who read Scripture, but, and it makes no sense to them. Um, that's because we can have blinders. But there is also a time at which uh, God moves within our hearts, moves within our minds, and gives us an understanding of who he is. And so it is purely through God's acts and then therefore the Holy Spirit that guides us to know him more and more and, and understand his word. Yeah. Um, that connection, the connection that we seek to have with, uh, with God, and the connection that we seek to have with anything that is filling, you know, we, we seek to fill a void. Um, that desire to fill the void comes from a missing connection to God. And so we can understand scripture and we have a spiritual connection because of the connection we had to God in the first place. Yeah. That makes sense. Does it make sense? Am I articulating that well enough? Okay. I think so. That's all for today. I'll think of some more. All right, cool. If I can get three, I'm happy. Yeah, no, no I mean, this was this was good. Um, I like the discussion of like reflecting on life and whatnot. From car show to Bible, we got it all. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Until until next week. <laughs>